0: When we come to the Advent season and we do these messages concerning the birth of our Lord. This one is a little harder. Purcell picks the verses. Uh, where do you go with angels? You could do study after study concerning Angels. But they do play a part in scripture. They do play a part in our lives. And as we look at this message today, this will definitely not be a a complete study on angels. (laughs) But it will be a reminder. You know, we live in a physical world that we understand. We understand quite clear what goes about and around us in this physical realm. It's clear to us. It's clear to us as believers. But also there is a, a, a darker area, not the, in that it's an evil area, but that it's a clouded area that we may not see quite as clearly, and that is the spiritual realm. We cannot deny it. It's there. It's in the scriptures. It's part of our lives. And I think if we don't recognize that it's there, we miss out on blessings. We miss out on comfort and peace, the peace that it brings, knowing that God is working through the spiritual realm for us. Even as through the physical realm, God works through his church. So we're going to take a look. We're going to lift the curtain a little bit and peek into some angelic truths. First off, this angelic realm is important. The word angel in the New Testament is used more than love and more than sin. So it must be important. We can't dismiss this as a minor truth. And also There's risen many, many heresies concerning angels and demons. There's been struggles throughout the church history concerning this realm. We're going to dismiss one false truth. All we're going to do is go back to Psalm 103 and go back to verse 15. And we get into the verses for today. The Lord has established his thrones in the heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of the word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers, who do his will. Now, saints and angels are both created beings created by God. However, we are quite separate from one another. Angels may appear as men, but never are truly men. And men will never be transformed into angels. I've heard it many times, especially when a younger person dies, people saying, well, God just needed another angel in heaven. You know, that will never be the case. We will never be transformed into angels Yes, when we are in heaven, we will worship and praise God perfectly as the angels do because the the stain of sin will be gone. Our worship here, not so much so is perfect because we have that polluted portion of us. But that will be erased in eternity. And we will sing with unstained hearts like the angels do. But we will not become angels. And they will not become men. We are separate. You know, and early on in the church, there was a heresy that Jesus was an angel. That he wasn't God's son. He was just an angel. Paul addressed this in Hebrews, Hebrews 1. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets is more excellent than theirs. See, he's addressing that Jesus is greater than the angels because there were those who were saying that Jesus was an angel. For which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the sun, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth In the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment, like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. You know, Paul addressed this beautifully. Jesus is not an angel. The angels worship him. The angels serve him. But notice, notice what is in there for us in that last verse in verse 14. That's why I went through this whole These verses here. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Let that sink in a second. These are ministering spirits to God. But what is it saying here? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? They're here for us. Now God gives us friends and relatives and children, churches, church officials, church brothers and sisters to work our way, our lives through this world, which he says is a fallen world a trying world. We have that support, those people to walk alongside us, but also in the spiritual realm, we have ministering angels to serve us for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. I believe that's where we get the peace that surpasses all understanding. When our friends and our relatives and our church members cannot come up to the task of our grieving or our difficulties, yet we find peace from within. I believe it's God's ministering angels serving us, being with us. So let's look a little deeper into this angelic realm to see where the source of this peace really is Centered at. And I think the scriptures give us an idea. Starting in Isaiah 6.1. In the year that King Uzziah died. So this is Isaiah speaking. Gives us a specific time. This is about the time of the the start of the Roman uh, Empire. About 800 B.C. In the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah got and received a peek into the angelic realm, the heavenly realm. And I think this is an indicator of where our peace and our comfort comes. And it's because of the holiness of God. The holiness of God. Now, in Hebrew writing, they use you know, different techniques to emphasize importance. You know, In Galatians, Paul uses this technique, starting in Galatians 6. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. When they wanted to emphasize something, they'd use repetition. and you know, we see it in Psalms and Proverbs, but in that repetition it might say the same thing using a different phrase. But many times it's the same phrase. And that is to emphasize the importance of what they're saying. Jesus used this in John 3.3. 3. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And in John 3, 5, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Now we know that all of the Lord's teachings were important and true. But there were times when he emphasized things. It was truly, truly, or listen, listen. Don't miss this point. Because so many other points hinge off of this. This point carries a lot of weight. He did not, Jesus did not want people to miss it. He wanted their attention. Truly, truly, I say to you, double repetition, we see that throughout the scriptures. For emphasis. But in only one place, in only one place in the scriptures do we see something repeated three times Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The holiness of God. Day and night, this is the anthem of the seraphim. The holiness of God. And some. Scholars believe that this is the basis for all of the attributes of God is his holiness. And that's why the emphasis on holiness is so great. And just the fact of me trying to explain the holiness of God, something that I or no other human being can completely comprehend, is a monumental task. But I believe through this holiness, his holiness, and then the angels taking the other attributes and his holiness and sharing them with us, with God's created creatures, with us sinners, it is how we are ministered to by the angels. We're ministered by God through the angels. We see it here when we get toward the Christmas season. Why was Gabriel sent to Zachariah? Was to announce the birth of the forerunner, John the Baptist, to say that the Savior was coming. He was bringing the truths from the Old Testament scriptures to that point, bringing it to mankind. Why did Gabriel go to Mary? The same thing, the Savior will be born, the light of the world. The Savior is coming, redemption for mankind. Yes, it's God's holiness that brought this about, but who benefit from it? We do. We do. God is self-sufficient. He doesn't need it. But we did. When He went to the shepherds, the angels went to the shepherds. What they say? A savior is born. It's a message for mankind. God's ministering spirits are serving God and serving us as well because we are the receivers of that blessing. Again, they are primarily God's ministers serving him. But when they serve him faithfully, which they all do, the ones that haven't fallen, They serve him perfectly. You know, when Jesus was tempted in the, de- in the desert by the devil, what do we read in Matthew 4? Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered as written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of a temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands you will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You know, Satan understood the, the duty of angels. He was one at one time. They're to protect and to minister to God. But Jesus knew this. He didn't have to prove it to Satan. He told Satan to get lost. He said, don't tempt the Lord your God. He didn't have to prove anything to this fallen angel. And yes, the angels did do their duty to Jesus Christ. In verse 11, then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. They're God's ministering spirits. But again, by ministering to God, they minister to us, and we benefit from it. We benefit from the works of Jesus. You know, sadly, we live in a, in a information era, information age. And many dismiss the spiritual realm. That's where many heresies. Developed while we're so technically advanced, we can't believe in that uh, miracles and demons or in angels, and that's what theologians say. It's not just the world around us, as many theologians say. Well, it's different now. It's dark ages, not the dark ages anymore. There's and they dismiss miracles, angels, demons. But how could we dismiss it if it's mentioned so many times in the Scripture? You know, we must never fall into the ignorance of man. The ignorance of man who are too lazy to study history, to to study the Bible or the world. Especially concerning spiritual truths. You know, I love reading about these guys time and time again. They set out to disprove the Bible, the biblical truths. They throw themselves into it only to become believers because when they look at all the evidence and all the world evidence, they cannot refute the evidence and they become believers. They set out to prove God doesn't exist and they bow at his feet because they took the time to study. Even if it wasn't a negative aspect, they still saw the truth. We live in an era where one-liners are truth to many people. Where they will not look for information even though it's at the tip of their fingers. They prefer lies or they prefer to remain ignorant. In the last message I, I talked about how we must not be bearing false truth, false witness, because we heard something and we repeat it. It makes us a liar. We must be the people of discernment. But many people are not in our world. As an example, when I say the devil, what impression do you get? What do you think the impression would be of ignorant people? I know as believers we know that we know Satan to be the great deceiver, the tempter, the accuser. An angel of light. He likes to masquerade as something good. But for many it's a, it's a, it's a figure in a red suit with a pointed tail with a pitchfork. Horns and feet like a goat. Where did that come from? Well that did come from the dark ages. And it did come from the church. But what was Satan's sin? His sin was pride. His sin was pride. So the church leaders at that time made up characters of him as being ridiculous, foolhardy, foolish. Someone to be ridiculed because it was attacking his pride. And they taught their members that that's what a clown this guy is. Yeah, he walks around like a roaring lion, but you name the name of Jesus Christ and the picture that it is, it's a roaring lion with its tail between its legs running away. They used it to mock, mock Satan. To show how powerless he was. Yet for many, that's the image they get. And they say, how can I believe in an image where it's a guy in a red suit with a pitchfork that the church believes in? They didn't study their history. Satan is harmless to believers. He will flee you. He will tempt you, but he will flee you. And I believe that's part of the spiritual realm working within us. But without the effort of study, men will fall into many deceptions, many false beliefs. And the world will try to promote those false beliefs. We must be above the world. We must not be influenced by the world. Again, how can we dismiss the heavenly realm, the demonic realm even, when it's mentioned so much in the scriptures? How angels and that communicate with us Can they manifest as men? Can they come as dazzling spirits? Where Isaiah Isaiah says, Woe am I? And the angel has to say, Fear not to others. Yeah, I think they can. Or is it more subtle? Is it more subtle? I like reading history. I like reading about people. I read about some soldiers in World War II. One of them, in particular, while he came, well, how he came to faith, fighting in a small village, the Germans called in an air raid, and some of them hid in the basement. An officer came in, and this was the era when they had the imposters. You know, the Germans were Impostering, they're pretending to be Americans and that, going around in American uniforms to confuse. So these guys noticed right away that this officer was not from their unit. But the officer said, "No, we got to leave. We got to go. We're going across the street to this building over here." He took them over there. Moments later, the building they were in was completely destroyed, demolished. Officer walked out of the room, never to be seen again. When they searched for him to thank him, they were all told nobody from that unit is in this area. Never have been, and not. And that guy could only think that it was miraculous. It brought him to faith. Is not what is that? What we read in the text? They're ministering service servants to bring people to faith. And I know in my own life, I was working in Marshall and I took the back roads and I was across these train tracks and there were just those red lights that would go on when a train would come. But when you came from the south, it was hills on both sides. You couldn't see if a train was coming. I'd slow down and go about 40 or 35 because of the bumps on the tracks. Every day for months after months. And one day I'm coming up to it and for some reason I get the impression you got to stop, you got to stop. So I slowed way down, came up to the hill, and the Amtrak went through 70 miles an hour. The lights never went on. If I would have kept going, I would have been dead. Is that God speaking to me? To this day, I can't understand how I knew to slow down, but I did. I don't know if anybody else has things that occurred to them like that. But that's probably 20 years ago, and I remember it as clear as a bell today. So I don't think surviving an Amtrak hit at 70 miles an hour. The Toyota truck would have been kind of gone. Do not neglect how hosp- to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Do you think any of you were ministering to an angel unawares, showing hospitality? You know, when we believe in the spiritual realm, when we believe that God uses his ministers for our benefit, that they're here for us to serve us, it opens our mind to recognize the potential or the times that they may have been there serving us. And I think that's a good thing. It gives us a reality that God is near us because his ministering spirits are near us. I like to bring this up because I want comfort during this holiday season. We live in a difficult world. Jesus lived in a difficult, difficult world. Mary and Joseph did. But we have peace through God, peace through the Holy Spirit, peace through his ministering spirits working through us, in us. Our battles are not our own. We walk with that that safety net underneath us. And it should be the greatest of comfort and the greatest of peace to us. We should have a face like Stephen, a face like an angel, even at the point of death, knowing that our God is with us. But we as reformers have to recognize the spiritual realm around us and rejoice in it, that God uses it For our protection. They're his ministering spirits. But we are the benefit. benefit, People who benefit from it. I'll get it out. Don't worry. Give me time. (laughs) Usually do. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you. We thank you that you have a spiritual realm that is looking over us as well. And I believe guiding and influence us in times and, and we don't know how. We don't know how. And maybe we don't know when, but we do know that you mention angels so many times in your word that they're real. And when you tell us that they are serving us, the people who are for salvation, it must give us comfort. We have to rely on your words as truth, even if we look at the the truth through clouded lenses. Teach us to be such a people in Jesus' name.